Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And we are, once again, going to recap GABF, this time from 2019, in today's episode. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode for you. We're going to have a Beer of the Week, and we're going to recap some of the winners from Oregon and Washington and some of the other notes that we saw from GABF. So a little bit of a quicker episode to kind of cleanse the palate before we dive back into the distribution episodes as we continue that series, most likely next week. Uh, you can find us on social media. I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. We, as a podcast, are at Beers on Us on Instagram, where you post pictures and tell you when the pod's up and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can find the podcast, Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni. Um, I think that's it. I think you got it. Uh, so there you go. There's all the... 1080 1080thefan.com. That's one that I forgot. There's all there's all that stuff out of the way. We have a beer in front of us. We're going to drink during the segment. It's another fresh hop beer, one that I do not recognize whatsoever. I think I I saw it in the store today for the first time, so it might have just got to us. It this, is a Washington brewery. This can is fantastic. Yeah, it is a Washington brewery. So sometimes we get a get a little delay on Washington breweries, but it is a Bale Breaker Cloudburst co- collaboration, Citra Slicker. A wet hop IPA, 6.2%. I'm assuming they use Citra in it. Uh, what's cool with Bale Breaker is that they're in the middle of a hop farm. So those hops came literally from the source. Yeah, it says Yakima. And uh, so they just literally just go down the street and they're like, hey. Yeah, well, Bale Breaker's, walk down Bale Breaker's farm, an inter- interesting brewery. Their brewery is in the middle of their hop field. That dad owns the hop field. And the the son, the two sons. This is rumor, so I could be totally wrong. But the two sons uh, went to UW for business and decided to open a brewery in the middle of Field Forty One, which is their famous pale ale. Not famous pale ale, but that's their mass marketed pale ale. And these guys, I remember when they first came out, I was really digging them. And then I think they went through a little period where I wasn't really digging them. And their stuff right now is pretty solid. Just took my first sip. This is the fresh hop I'm kind of looking for here. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as stanky in the drink, but you get the nice smell. The, the kind nose of, is great. The nose is the vegetal nose, and you kind of get that kind of fresh farm, farmy kind of smell. And it's a really good beer. Holy crap. I think what's what we're noticing, not to go too far off, but I think one thing we're really noticing, maybe we could do a freshy recap at some point, you know, but. Or make it part of the last one. Or yeah, something, long, yeah, long story short, I think. The base beers on a lot of fresh hop beers this year have been fantastic. That they almost don't need the fresh hop. Right. That people, that Sun River, for example. I mean, us at Breakside, we're notorious for just using our core brands, you know, of just saying, hey, this is Breakside IPA fresh hop. And you're like, well, this is amazing. It's like, well, the base beer is really good. And so I don't know if this is a, 
if this recipe is derived from maybe something they've already made in the past, something they're comfortable with. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I think this base beer is just a really great beer. Well, it's a it's a collab with Cloudburst, so maybe there is no base beer that that could be true. That good is call, being good used call. I forgot that. because it is a collab. But um, either way, quite delicious. I very much enjoy it. I know Cloudburst makes a lot of hazies. I'm very happy this is not a hazy. Yeah. And uh, the actual can work is fantastic. It's pretty cool. Citrus liquor, like city slicker, and it's a uh, it's a hop wearing a cowboy hat and a bandana, and it looks like it's straight out of an '80s movie, uh, like an '80s movie trailer. Yeah. It's really cool. Like a grindhouse type movie. Exactly what I was trying to think of. I was like, what was the name of that movie with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez? Because they had all those little cuts in the middle. Yep, yep. Grindhouse. Great movie. Great two and a half movies, if you want to call it well, that. It's a style. It's a style. It's like making really bad, low-budget movies extremely entertaining. Yes, 100%. What was it? Death Car was in that one. And, Death uh, Car and... Uh, it was like a chainsaw leg girl or something. It's like Blood something. Yeah. I can't remember. That was the Robert Rodriguez Death one. Death Proof. Was the car one? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, those were good. They were really good. Um, my weekend beer didn't do anything too super crazy. My wife was out of town, and you know, I just kind of drank what I had at home. I did go to a housewarming party or an apartment warming party for some people who had moved here fairly recently. Had a bunch of people over. You know, you go to those, you bring something with you. And I went to John's and I got a little uh, create your own sixer. Love it. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to this party. And a lot of the people who were going were kind of recent, recently moved here people. I'm going to go ahead and try to create the best kind of six-pack I can of just the beers that are out now. I got like a Rubens Fresh Hop IPA. I got the Punk Rock Time from Berlick. I got the Von Ebert Pilsner, which is in the really cool can. I got a uh, Little Beast Pilsner uh, and two others I'm not remembering off the top of my head. And, uh, oh, I got the uh, Relapse Cold IPA from Wayfinder, which we had done on the podcast. And there was one more. And uh, I was the only one who drank them, which <laughs> was not that rough. It's not the You're end like, of the Look world. At these gifts I brought, and I'm loaded off of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> not loaded. I I saved three of them for them in the house. I'm like, you know, those will be left in the. Fr- I asked him what what he would like the most, so I would mm-hmm. pick around them because I've had them all. Well, good call. And uh, so three of those are in his fridge if he gets to them. But um, it was that thought of like these are great beers that I think everyone's gonna like, and then everyone else was drinking other stuff, and I was like, well, I mean, I brought them and I know I like them, so. Von Eber Pilsner, cook, cook, going to pop you and <laughs> drink you, you right now. Yeah, it was delicious. I love that can. Speaking of good that's can a great art, that's can. a great can art. Great classic can. But beyond that, I didn't do anything super unique this week. I'm noticing some of the dark beers are starting to come out. Some of the wintry beers are starting to come out again. Uh, I bought myself at the supermarket a Pelican Bad Santa CDA, which is out. There we go. And uh, that's one of my favorite styles of this time of the year. So you're starting to see it. And I also got the Ninkasi Oktoberfest, so that's coming out mm, as well. So that's okay. in my fridge right now. And uh, just regular supermarket beer. And I also have in my fridge, I meant to bring it for the podcast, but I forgot. I have a Killer Green from Double Mountain. Hollow, which I have, I have not had this year. And I have a Jack IPA or Dr. Jack IPA, the Dr. Fresh, Jack. fresh Hop from Crux. One of the the second Fresh Hop I'll have from them because we had the original. That's right. Uh, can't remember the name of it now, but the one that we liked a lot. That was mm-hmm. really kind of unique. So that was my week in beer. What about you? Uh, mine's pretty, mine's, mine's just all over the place. Thursday, we recorded the podcast and I bombed out to Freem. Um, oh, that's right. How was that? Yeah, it, well, it was great. I mean, the people at Frame are, are fantastic people. It's where was all your friends. Beer. Were all of your friends loaded by the time you got there? Uh, they were loose. They were <laughs> loose. I have also never driven to Hood River as fast as I did. Now, if you know me, listening to this podcast, or if you don't know me, I will teach you something. I am a 
by the book driver. You are very, very by the book, yes. I am by the book. I'm not cautious. Me, not by the book. Not by the book. You are extremely aggressive. Yes. I am not cautious, so I'm not going to get in a car accident. I'm pretty just straightforward. I'm very aware, uh, but I drive the speed limit. Uh, I got to, they were like, we're going to get there at Freem, and I got there at 259 and, and what they, time did we leave here? Like one thirty, something like that. And it was even later. We left at like two. Yeah, and they and they were gonna like meet us there. Meet us here at three, and I got there. They were texting me. They were like, "Share your location," and I was like, "I'm two blocks away." <laughs> Dude, you must have been booking it. I was booking it, but I still didn't feel dangerous. So booking it for you. So the speed limit's what, like fifty five out there? No, 65? it's sixty five. Were you going like seventy two, feeling dangerous? No, I was going like seventy six. Oh, dude, come on. I know, man. That's a lot for me, man. You I make hate a, getting pulled over. You make a face going 11 over. I hate, I hate <sighs> getting pulled over. Uh, so does everybody, but it's a risk you take to get places faster. Yeah, I don't know. I'm and also, cops aren't guy. usually sitting around everywhere to pull you over. Uh, but it was great. I got out of the truck and I had a case of Brakeside Kids beer. listening out there to a beer podcast? <laughs> Question mark. Don't drive as fast as I do. It's not smart. Uh, I rolled in with a case of Brakeside beer as I do from time to time walking into Frame. You know, I contacted friend of the podcast, Justin Walker, and was like, you know, hey, man, you know, can you help us out? Homie hook up. I'll bring you a bunch of beer. Uh, got to the front host desk. They were all inside. I walked in and the bride who was getting married looks at me and she goes, they don't know anything about us. And I was like, wait, no, I talked to Justin. Justin Justin said he'd, he'd hook it up. They were like, he's at GABF. We haven't heard anything from him. Oh, no. And I was like, I will murder you, Justin Walker. <laughs> but they were very great to us. They accommodated us. They found us something. Uh, I ran into Dana, also a friend of the podcast, friend of mine, uh, who just got back from traveling the world. Yeah, Dana had left. When, when mm-hmm. I last saw him, it was his last day. He was literally sitting outside the brewery. And I was like, oh, hey, Dana, good to see you again. And he goes, hey, man. And I was like... How's it going? Like you working today? He goes, today's my last day. I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just go travel the world. Yeah. He just got back to America like three days before that. So is he going to work there again or he just come, came back to like go back? No, he was working. He was on the clock. He took care of us. Oh, yeah. well, okay. So shout out to Dana. Thank you. And again, you know, the whole staff at Frame, the beers were fantastic. Uh, I was very happy. I had their Oktoberfest. I had a fresh hop IPA. That was great. Um, yeah. So that was excellent. Uh, Friday, we drank some Wanderlust at an after party after uh, a rehearsal dinner at Portland City Grill, where the beer selection was god awful. Well, and I don't want to name the breweries there just because I don't want to just pile on, but the beer choices were god awful. So I drank wine all night. There you go. And then we went to the after party, and I provided the keg. So we drank a keg of Wanderlust. There you go. You know, very happy, tasting very nice right now, by the way. Um, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> and then Saturday was well, the wedding. Pat ben Edmonds and crew on the back. <laughs> Saturday was the wedding, and uh, I kind of helped curate the the list because they were all cans or bottles. Okay, so kind of had a little more room, a little more room to choose some stuff. And I drank probably a twelve pack of Rippin from Sun River. <laughs> uh, the problem is, is every time I drank a. 12-ounce can of Sun River's Rippin'. I had a two-ounce glass of Jameson, too. And full disclosure, I can't remember the last time that I was that drunk. Oh, no. Yeah. I uh, You really drunk is kind of a sight to behold. You kind of get a little all over the place. I could not stand. Um, I was becoming extremely obnoxious. And the, the after party was at Momo's. And I was like, we got to go to Momo's. I'm talking to my girlfriend. She was like, no, they're not going to let you in. And I was like, I'll be good, I promise. 
And she goes, okay, well, I'm going home. You're being a little reserved. Yeah, she You're was, probably like, I'll be good, I yeah, promise. Yeah, yeah. She, Trust me. She was like, okay, well, then, you know, I'm just going to go home and give me your keys and I'll go home and I'll see you at home. And I go, okay, let's go home. Yeah, that's the guilt trip right there. <laughs> that was the full but guilt it, trip. It that was, no, that was the last card she was pulling. Let's make sure Patrick gets home safe by me threatening to leave him and take the keys. No, because I would totally let her go. I would totally let her go, and she would be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But it was at that moment when she was like, fine, just give me your keys and I'll go home. I was like, ooh, I'm that drunk. Because the conversation normally would be like, hey, I'm tired, I'm done, you know, or I don't want to be out anymore, but if you want to go have fun, have fun, I'll see you at home. No, this was like, I'm going home. And I was like, ooh, good call. And you're not taking your keys. Yeah, like, and I was like, ooh, good You're going to go ahead and leave your car here. And we're well, gonna... no, we 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 lifted. Like, oh, okay. we, we got transportation. But it was at that moment that I was like, oh, I probably should, probably should go home. Yeah, all right. Uh, and yesterday, we drank at Grains of Wrath for three hours. And that was excellent. Uh, as a segue into what the podcast is on, I got really excited. She lives in Camas, so I got really excited. And we went in there, and I had two pints of their Vienna Lager, which is a silver medal winner at GABF. And it was incredible. And then they had uh, two fresh hops on fresh hop papermaker pale, which is one of their core brands. Yep. And then they had a fresh hop collab with Cloudburst. Okay, uh, that was absolutely excellent as well. Very nice. Yeah. See, you had a way crazier beer weekend than I did. I didn't mean to, but it just kind of <laughs> happened. Well, when you start mixing Jameson with every single can of Sun River that you're having, yeah. And it was like you it had was to like, kind of know that was it was happen. like oh my Jameson is gone so I should slam the rest of this Sun River and then or, go refill or my Sun River is gone I'll slam the rest of this Jameson because I only wanted to go to the bar once. At what point? At what can? Did number? I start ordering a bottle of Jameson on the rocks? <laughs> sure. I think, I think I only had seven cans and seven shots. Okay. I was exaggerating with a twelve pack. At what can did you? Stop trying to time it, and you just start stumbling up to the bar to get more because it became part of the habit. I never did. It was oh. until it was time to go. Oh, And okay. we started walking out, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm loaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing on, uh, on your girlfriend for, for saving you some time there. Right? I helped myself pretty well. Didn't throw up. Yeah, just S- Sunday know. morning was a little rough. I can imagine, yeah. But, uh... You don't eat a lot of food, so you didn't have a lot to soak it up. No, I didn't eat a lot of food. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> I know. It was really dumb. Uh, all right, so GABF is the topic du jour, or whatever week is in French. I can't remember, even though I took it in high school. Uh, topic of the week is GABF. We actually had Patrick go to GABF last year. We didn't have him go. He went as a part of Breakside, and he had lots of stories to tell and a lot more details. This year, he did not go, as they, I believe, what rotate people who get to yep, go every yep, year. Yeah, we rotate. Um, so you were here, but uh, I was following along on social media and keeping an eye on who was winning what. And uh, yeah, Oregon did well, but not as well as I expected, I would say, at GABF this year. Yeah, if we want to dive into <clears throat> you know, Oregon off the bat, I think I think Oregon did well. You know, I think we're at a point now, and one of kind of the overall topics, the one of the overall themes of GABF this year is that the rest of America's caught up. They're not catching up. They've caught up. So Oregon, maybe not in the amount of great breweries, but the great breweries around the country have caught up. The 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 Oregon's, the California's, the Colorado's of the world, you know, Ohio's right there with you. Texas isn't far behind. You know, we're starting to see that people are really caring about craft beer all around America. And so we're starting to see that Oregon still comes away with 15 medals. So just keep in mind that as everyone's catching up, it is becoming increasingly harder and harder to win medals. 
And when you look, you know, I've got this list in front of me. We'll go through some stuff. When you look at this list, there is only one there's only one brewery on this list that I don't know, and that is a gluten-free brewery, and there is only one brewery on this list that surprises me that won a medal. Okay. I think that's great. That is good. Um, I think another thing, as as we're about to get into this, is that Oregon can still make hoppy beers. Yes, that is that is true. And we can make hazies. That is, I think, even more abundantly true at the moment. And yes. I think that is so wild because I think Oregon has adopted the hazies and has kind of said, "Okay, this is what this is what the consumer wants. This is where the direction. This is the new it thing." Um, and I think last year, at as far as medals go, at some stuff, whether it's NABA, GABF, uh, Best of Craft, things like that, Oregon took the back seat on some hazies, and I feel like. You know, I like this. I like to, I like to um, sensationalize some things. So this isn't true. This is just me telling stories. I like to think Oregon kind of sat back and was like, okay, when it comes to competition, what are you looking for in hazies? And we saw what they were looking for, and bam, two Oregon medals for hazies. Yep. And some other medals for for hoppy stuff, and that includes Washington as well. Washington stuck in there on some hoppy stuff too. So I think the Pacific Northwest, we still know how to make hoppy beers. So where do you want to start with this list? Do you want to start with you guys because you took home the most medals uh, out of all the breweries? Sure, sure. Is that an easy way? Because Breakside does well generally, although last year you guys got shut out, which was very unexpected. Yeah. Um, This year you guys took home three Three, medals? Three medals. Um, We took a a bronze in the English-style summer ale, which is uh, Wentworth by the Sea, which is an old... Old Breakside recipe um, that gets brewed kind of small batch at Deacom. Uh, so there's a medal for Natalie. Shocker. <laughs> Keep going, girl. Um, and so that's always fun to see those kind of old school, those old school recipes and kind of old school styles do stuff. One thing we're definitely really excited about is Woodlawn Pale Ale. Got a bronze and American style pale ale, uh, which also saw a medal from Washington in that category. Uh, that is one of the OG Breakside beers. Also made at Deacom. There you go, Natalie, times two. And uh, we loved this beer. I remember tasting it right before we sent it out and just being a fly on the wall, uh, hearing brewers go, if this isn't a metal beer, I don't know what is. Uh, so I'm very happy that. And then the shocker of all shockers is a gold in juicier, hazy, strong pale ale with what rough beast that was made at slab down. The batch is still on currently. So if you want to taste some GABF gold, and you were saying that there. was surprising to you guys to win gold in that. I, I don't think it's surprising to us as a brewery. I think, you know, the standards set from our higher ups are to be world-class brewing. I think for me personally, I just don't know what those categories want. And and last year we just saw tiny brewery after tiny brewery winning randomly in hazy categories that it was like, who knows if we can ever do this. Uh, And it was brewed at Slabtown and I was at Slabtown with a bunch of brewers watching it. So we got really, really exciting. It's a it's a big win for us. It's a gold Uh, golds in any category are phenomenal. But when you get golds in hoppy stuff. That's that's pretty, pretty incredible. And the kids, everybody that went, they chased the dragon. They caught it. They got the one thing everybody wants, and that is so when they announce awards at GABF, they just kind of fly through them, okay? And then people are on stage, and they accept their medal, and they take a picture, and they move on. So as they're announcing, the acceptance is also streamed, and they're probably like three categories behind. Breakside Brewery is on stage. Our crew is on stage 
to accept the the bronze for Woodlawn while they call the gold for what rough beast. Oh, and so our crew is on stage about to take a picture, and they say, and the gold medal goes to Breakside. What rough beast? And everyone loses it. Ben <laughs> drops to his knees. People are just in absolute shock, and that's kind of the like the ultimate experience to have out there. And for us to be blank last year, it's it's really great to see all the hard work that that our people do and and be res- and be rewarded. So Breakside leads Oregon with three. Uh, one other brewery had multiple medals, mm-hmm. and that would be Migration Brewing. Yeah, winning two medals themselves. Uh, for which categories? They've got Cannonball was a bronze in double hoppy red ale. Okay. So it's a red ale, but still we're working with hops. And a beer that is going, and a medal that is going to do them so many favors because they do package this. It's in almost every store you can find. They got a bronze in juicier hazy pale ale with Mohazic. And that's really great. That's so awesome for them. I've been, I've been kind of championing championing for migration over the last maybe six to nine months. I think their beer is really solid right now. And to see them, we had one of their brewers was watching the party with us, Maddie, and and she's fantastic. And she was like, oh my God, I brewed that. <laughs> and I think it's it it's so big for a brewery the size of migration that has invested a large facility out east to really say, hey, we are going to be a player in town and to come away with two medals we sat next to them last year they got zero we got zero i kind of we kind of were like we're with you man we're with you guys we'll figure this out yeah and to see them grab two medals this year i i couldn't be more happy with them i think they're the story out of oregon not to take away from breakside but i think they're the story because they were a brewery that to be honest i think some people were a little 50 50 on their stuff i frankly to be honest was 50 50 on their stuff i'd been there before it was good not mm -hmm. great uh, I'd had some stuff from them where I was just kind of like, I mean, yeah, okay, I've, I've had better. And I haven't actually been in a while, so this is a good kind of uh, push for me to go try some migration beer again. I think Straight Out of Portland is a fantastic six-pack you can buy at a grocery store. I'm In fact, I bought a six-pack last night for dinner. I, I think they All make... for dinner, all six beers? <laughs> I, well, I only drank four of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they make great beer. And I think if you haven't been to migration in a while, I think now it's time to go. And they have multiple locations, right? They do. They have one out in Gresham. That's their new mass production facility. And then they've got their cute little, like, really cool spot on Gleason. Kind of like near Sandy-ish, is that where it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, near Sandy-ish. It's across the street from Palm Beach, if anybody knows that great that great Cuban restaurant. Um, yeah, and, and it's a great place to watch Timbers games, Migration, if you're a Timbers fan. Uh, Blazer games, too. I think they always do happy hour during Blazers and Timbers game. Uh, but it's a small place, so it fills up. Big outside they do have patio. a little secondary room onto the left, mm-hmm. but the actual main area is very small, like kind of very limited seating out mm-hmm. there, at least as far as I remember. Small menu, but pretty solid food. I don't yeah. remember when I was there, but yeah. Okay, so Migration got two, and then every other Oregon brewery got one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just want to go down the list, we can kind of react as sure, we Sure, yeah, but... some great stuff. And what I really love about some of these, you know, I'm going to start with some of these that there's a lot of beers on here that we know. Yes, Starting with American Style Amber Red Ale, Diablo Rojo from Boneyard. Yep. Fantastic. I love that beer. I'm surprised at metal because it's a little spicy, but they must have just said, this beer is fantastic. That's one of of my favorite reds that I've ever had. Uh, And that is a gold. Yeah. Uh, There's a bronze for Turmoil from Barley Browns. 
uh, which is American style black ale. It's basically a CDA. Uh, I have always enjoyed that beer. That's an old school barley brown beer. Uh, and it's nice to see Tyler and his crew get back on stage because they used to be GABF world beaters years and years ago. And for them to come back on stage, I think that's fantastic. Not uh, a beer that I've had before, but uh, you would love I it. Love CDAs, you would love so, it. Yeah. I love it. It's a dark beer that I love. Therefore, <laughs> I know, knowing your palate, you'll love it too. Uh, Old Town Brewing racks up more medals for Shanghai IPA. They got a silver with that. Does that win every year? I feel like I see that all the time. I don't know if it wins at GABF every year, but the competitions they put it in, it usually places for an English style India Pale Ale, which is the category because it's kind of a little more malt driven. Yeah. Um, it's a great beer. It's the best beer they do. Uh, and it kind of got me into Old Town Brewing. Uh, what else are we looking on this? Uh, Wayfinder snags a bronze in Munich-style Hellas with their Hell. Which, which is one of your favorite beers. One of my sure. absolute favorite beers on the market, uh, so I highly recommend that. And then and then the last one, uh, it's no shock that these guys won a medal because they enter like six beers in two categories. Uh, but I've seen this on the market for a few years. Senior Rhino from Ale Song. Uh, took a bronze and wood and barrel aged strong stout. Those guys take medals every year, and they're all barrel aged. It's all right? it's all barrel aged stuff. Whether it's dark beer or saisons or sours or farmhouse stuff, they make fantastic stuff. Uh, Matt down there is incredible. Uh, small little place outside of Eugene, uh, but those are kind of the heavy hitters. And then we get into some like some fun, exciting things. Willie Big Dog. From Public Coast Brewing. Yeah, which you a fan of Public I am a, Coast. I'm a very big fan of Public Coast. Love the location. Love Cannon Beach. Brought some beer for you from them. Uh, I think I did a beer of the week from them as well. I like Public Coast, so that's cool to see. Uh, bronze for them on that. Uh, English style or international style pale ale. Uh, gold to ferment. Ooh, there you go, Out ferment. Out River. Yeah, so, brand new. A hoppy beer. You know, there you go. With them, Shanghai, all that stuff. With that, like This state can still make hoppy beers. Uh, there's a fruit wheat beer from Ten Barrel called Smash that I'm not familiar with. I don't drink Ten Barrel for obvious reasons. Uh, Groundbreaker shut out in the gluten-free category for the first time in a wow. very long time. Yeah, I remember running into those guys in the lobby before the ceremony last year. And very humble, very, very nice people. They were just kind of like, we've never been out here and not won a medal. And then they won a medal last year. So it's like they kind of were really taking over. They didn't grab it, but... One was snuck in from Evasion Brewing in McMinnville. Okay. Grandpa's Nap as a gluten-free beer. Sounds like a dark beer. Might I'm be. being honest. But Grandpa's Nap. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so there's that. And then the last one, which I think is really fun. This is another kind of Chase the Dragon kind of thing. Von Ebert ended her beer this year. The rumor, the rumor I heard is that it's the only beer they entered, and they want a gold in specialty saison for, I can't say it. Obesions. Obesions. Is that obesions, how you pronounce yeah. it? And to win a gold on your first year at JBF in the only beer you entered, that's pretty rad. That is. And they just packaged it so there should be bottles flying around. So that is the Oregon list. You said you wanted to give a little love to Washington, too, as we yeah. wrap uh, wrap up this portion. Yeah, of the... I don't want to get too much into it, but there is some stuff that really stuck out to me. Uh, Johnny Utah, gold, American-style pale ale from Georgetown. I love that beer. Love, love, love that beer. Um I had some Bodhisattva two weeks ago. Yeah, that's their second gold in a hoppy category because they won gold for Bodhisattva and American IPA a few years ago. Uh, Rubens grabs a barley wine style ale for a bronze. Who else is in here? Chuckanut grabs grabs a bronze for their their fest beer. Um, Wayfinder got got the bronze last year. Maybe it was a silver. I I might be wrong. Uh, So... You know, there's a little lineage there, so that's rad. So kudos to the chucking up people. Wander, 
gold in their export stout. People are really starting to dig on Wander. Cloudburst wins a bronze for fresh hop beer. Um, what else in here? Uh, Fort Side from Vancouver Brewing uh, snagged a bronze in specialty saison, which is that Von Ebert category. Yeah. So kudos to you on that. Um, the mid-sized brewery of the year was Silver City Brewing, who, looking at this list, they snagged two two medals, a gold and a silver. I'd never heard of them. Me neither. I hadn't heard of them. But either. they're in Bremerton. They got a silver for their old ale or strong ale and a gold for their Belgian-style fruit beer. Okay, and so it won- sounds like they're a little bit more of the... Uh- like Belgian-y kind of cask-age-style beers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So kudos to them for snagging mid-sized brewery of the year. Uh, and then, of course, the one that always tugs at my heart are good friends of this podcast, maybe our best friends next to the Barrelick Peeps. A Grains of Wrath gets a silver for Vienna Lager. There you and go. I had two of those yesterday, and they are absolutely fine. And you know Fantastic. it's the same batch. I love telling Mike, you're a lager brewer now. <laughs> and he goes, you're, a, I, you're a crispy boy now, he's Mike. He's like, but I love IPAs. Okay, I'll brew lagers. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to them. Um, I, I think as Northwest as a hold, I think long story short, metals are just metals. Um, sometimes batches hit and there's a lot of luck involved in this. Um, you know, it kind of depends on where you are on the table. You know, if Breakside goes up against... <clears throat> You know, some of the best IPA makers in the world, uh, you know, and only two advanced, but four of the best are on there. Two got to go. So, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved, um, but I'm very proud once again to be a beer drinker and an industry employee in the Pacific Northwest with beer. And one thing before we go quickly is I was a little surprised that no Oregon brewery got the small, medium, or large-sized brewery of the year, because we've seen that a couple of years mm-hmm. in a row. I know Freem's done it a couple of times. Freem did it last year. Um, so... I was surprised to see them being, or Oregon being shut out in that category, but it's also, a, a, it's, it speaks well of the breweries around the country that are kind of picking it up. Well, to get that, you know, you got to win medals, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I read an article from a very popular beer blog that was really critical on Freem and Pelican, and I just, I don't think that's fair. I think there's a, I think there is a lot of, there's a lot of hard work that goes into these, winning these medals, but I think there's a little bit of luck. You know, Freem doesn't win medals. Okay, they might get their notes back that say, yeah, three of your beers placed on the final table. They just didn't medal. And that's great. So I think as much as we would like an Oregon brewery to win a midsize, smaller, stuff like that, it does come down to medal count a little bit. I'm okay with it. Some things I heard from the floor real quick before we go is that everything was separated this year by region. Yeah, I saw a lot of pictures of order. Yeah. So I imagine the Northwest scene was crazy. And I, I talked with uh, Mike and Owen from Grains yesterday about it. And I was like, how was the setup? And they were like, it was great. Yeah, I was, we were all together. I was looking at pictures on the Beers on this Instagram because you followed a bunch of the, the breweries. They were taking pictures from that little cluster. It looked bonkers, first of all. And it was like every brewery was right next to each other. It was cool. It was yeah. cool. Biggest biggest line I heard at GABF of all breweries at GABF, Grey Notion, once again. Of course. Of course. Not surprised by that at all. Yep. Um, all right, let's take a break. Coming up next, we'll do a quick beer of the week, and we will wrap this bad boy up on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And Patrick has told me that I will like the beer very much. I hope so. It I is, love this beer. It is seasonal, but a little bit early uh, for October. And uh, I haven't seen it. You're hiding it from me. I am hiding it from you. Is it on the... Uh, oh, it's in the fourth. You put it in the corner of your four-pack <laughs> four you got over here. 
All right. So what is the beer of the week today? Uh, beer of the week today comes from us from uh, a very reputable Southern California brewery. In fact, I... Sierra Nevada <clears throat> Pale Ale? <clears throat> Whoa. No, unfortunately. I was thinking reputable Southern California. Uh, shout out to Blake, though, who did go to Sierra Nevada. I don't know if you saw that on the Instagram page. He had a pale ale at the source. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. In Chico. Yeah. Now, I'm not as cool as you, Blake. I had a Sierra Nevada pale ale in Asheville. But it was not made there. Well, it might have been. I had a Sierra Nevada pale ale from my fridge. <laughs> Whoa. It's a lot cheaper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, this this beer comes from Stone Brewing. Ooh, I love um, Stone. I have, I drink this beer every year. Uh, and I they used to bottle it. Now they can it. Um, but they always do it in six packs because it's kind of an easier drinking beer. And I actually have a buddy, my buddy Tyler, who works at Cerveza. We are creating our own verticals. So I have, I believe, the last three years, maybe the last four years of this. And this is Chaco Veza, the 2019 Imperial Stout inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. Wow. It you is, picked this beer and you like it. It is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, non-barrel-aged dark beer of all time. Okay. I have not heard of it before, so this will be a nice experience for me. Yes. It's a little sweet. A chocolate, I imagine. It's a little creamy. But I I kind of dig that. What's funny is that when you think dark beer, I think that would be the type you wouldn't like as much. The chocolate creamy stuff is like, usually you're like, ah, oh, it's too sweet, it's too this, it's too that, but you like this I one. want that turmoil from Barley Browns. Right, I'm or talking- back in my day, Sinister Black. I used to drink so much Sinister Black. Me too. I'm talking more of the stouts though. Like those are like just dark ales. I'm talking like when you're doing like Imperial Stout, you want more of the kind of dry or rougher flavors, not the sweet kind of smooth flavors, right? Right. Uh, on the back, I'll try to read this. It's a little-, little faded but this is a beloved stout when first introduced as a limited special collaboration release with san diego homebrewer chris banker after his recipe won our annual annual homebrew competi- competition and cerveceria insurgente it was an instant hit and fans began clamoring for its return seeing as how its amazing flavor profile is is Evocative of Mexican hot chocolate featuring coffee, pasilla peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, and chocolate. We concluded it was the perfect beer to re-release in celebration of the holidays and the entire winter season. This creamy imperial mocha stout is now a highly anticipated yearly tradition that we are pleased to present from us to you and makes this perfect wintery gift for maybe your friends, loved ones, or simply to yourself. Cheers. God, I feel all warm and fuzzy. Dude, I just took the first sip of this and I was like, oh, it's it's good, it's good. And then then the the back end hit and I was like, oh my God, this beer is amazing. 8.1%. Holy cow. It is like... So happy Yom Kippur. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I've had very little food today. Um, But uh, so this will certainly hit me quite hard. But, um, wow, this beer is good. It is like, it starts off almost like chocolate ice cream. It's kind of milky and creamy and smooth, like you, like you talked about. And then the Mexican-style hot chocolate hits you hard at the end, and you get the spice in there. You get the nutmeg in there. You get that kind of wintry flavor for a stout, which I love so much. And, um, wow, that is, that is a Mexican-style stout that I've had before, but better. I love this beer. I think the... I think what always the two things that always stand out to me in this beer is I find it so smooth. It's so clean. It finishes It's a very flavorful finish though. Yeah, it finishes not over the top strong but easy. Uh and and I so that's my one point is, you know, all those 30 things I just said. But number 2 is I <laughs> love the spiciness of it. It's not over the top. It's not 
like really tickling my tape, my like the back of my throat. It's full on flavor spice. Yes, and that is as a person who does like hot sauce, who does enjoy spicy things, um, like Nashville hot chicken. Shout out to Prince's. Um, this level of spice flavor is perfect. It's not overpowering, and I think it accentuates everything else this beer is about. You know what this reminds me of in the opposite way is we had that Freem Hefeweizen on on the show. Oh, yeah. And we thought it was almost too over the top. What was it? Coriander? Cloves. Clo- cloves? Yeah, mm-hmm. not coriander. It was like, ah, oh, the clo- it's just too much cloves. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is the right amount of spice for this style of beer because it's so... It's like a it's like the third layer that you get. It's not overpowering you in the front and at the very end you feel it you taste it and you're like, "Oh, I want another sip of that flavor." And it kind of just perfectly sits in that middle part where it's it it doesn't overpower either part of your palate, which is why I like it. Yeah, and I'm hoping this year's a little different than last year. I remember last year they sent just like a little drop and it smells great too. They sent just a little drop of amount of package that kind of, you know, hit all the, you know, wherever your beer shop is, you know, you're going to find it there. And if your little spot, you know, isn't always up to date on some stuff, you can go to Belmont and John's and Vesa and all those places and you're going to be able to find it. But they only did one and it wasn't that much. So when it came, it was gone. Right. And I remember Tyler and I, we were like, we like jumped on it because he told me, he was like, hey, not a lot's coming this year. So we jumped on it. So I hope this year they're in, they're in box six packs. So that makes me think if they boxed it instead of just a six pack ring, it's being more mass. I'm hoping that they mass produced it because I I just think this beer is fantastic. I think it's, I will say it, it's the best dark beer that I love to drink con- consistently. Well, I was saying this in the break. Uh, I have yet to fully turn you into a dark beer man. Although this is making me very happy that you're saying this. Although you liked this before knowing me. Um, you have turned me into a light beer man. I, I drink the lagers and the pilsners and the and the easier drinking stuff a lot more than I used to. I'm not exclusively a dark beer man, but this kind of beer, you saying how much you like it gets me very excited for just continuing to push the envelope with you to see yeah. if I can get you more into some of that dark stuff. Yeah, let's find it. I, I love great beer. That, that's all it is. But, you know, sometimes the taste buds and, and my palate leans me more ways than none. I'm never going to stop drinking IPAs. I meet people all the time that are like, I'm just IPA'd out. And I'm like, it's not going to happen with me. It's like, I will never stop drinking stouts. Yeah. It is my favorite style. Barrel-aged, imperial, Irish, dry, whatever. I don't care. Give me a stout. I will drink it any day of the week. And I think you just you just have to find a beer that talks to you. Like, they're, they're, you don't. it's not that you don't like beer. You just haven't found a beer you like. And we will continue. Us on this podcast. People on the streets. Me behind a bar. We're going to find that beer for you. Well, on that really lovely note. I know. Let's say goodbye for the episode. Coming up next week, we will likely continue our distribution series with part number two. We also have another Freshies episode coming up as there's been plenty more Fresh Hop beer out there. We're getting kind of towards the end of that season now, so we'll probably wrap it up in that last episode, give you three of those and three distribution episodes. So that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, We hope you have a very good rest of your week and weekend, and we'll see you then. Traces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 